I'm Paul Taylor. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Wednesdays. Now, I have talked several times on this podcast about the positive impact of social support on our mental health and conversely, the impact of loneliness on your longevity. So we know that people who are lonelier um, actually don't live as long as people who have good social relationships. And there's a new study that's been released in the American Journal of Psychiatry that examines um, the interaction between genetic risk for depression and social support, um, particularly when people are under stress. So for the background of the study, uh, the authors say that despite substantial progress in identifying the different genes that are associated with major depression, the mechanisms by which genes and environment interact to influence depression risk remains unclear. Right. So they point out that genomically conferred sensitivity to the social environment may be one mechanism linking genomic variation and depressive symptoms. So what that means is basically the genetic risk that interacts with sensitivity to your social world and may be a driver of um, that genetic variation in depression. And they they examined this with a really, really clever study. So they wanted to assess whether social support affects the likelihood of depression development differently across this spectrum of genomic risk in two different samples of people that experience substantial life stress. So they studied two groups of people. One was um, just over a thousand um, first year training medical interns in what's called the internal health study. And they also looked at 435 recently widowed health and retirement study participants. Uh, And what they did was they had measured the participants' depressive symptoms uh, and their social support. That was assessed with um, questionnaires that were administered. So these are one of these long-term studies where they're they're studying people over a long period of time and they're doing questionnaires on on a pretty regular basis. So they happened to have questionnaires for these people both before and after and certain life stressors. And then they looked at um, these um, risk scores, these what's called polygenic risk scores for major depressive disorder were calculated for both samples, right? So what they did in plain language was they had, had looked at their genes and looked at their genetic risk for major depression. And then they saw how the risk of depression changed whenever they went through um, stressful life environments. So one of them, um, as I said, were people who were recently widowed. And the other one were these first year um, medical students who actually moved away for work from their social environment. So they lost all of that social support. And, and, and this is interesting because, because they had both the, the genes and, and they understood all of the different genes that impact the risk of depression. Uh, and they saw the depression rates on the people before for and after that social support, they were then really able to pin down these interactions. And, and they did it in quite a beautiful way. So what they found in the in terms 
was that depressive symptoms increased really dramatically during that stressful year of training when they were doing long and irregular work hours. You know, they're on shift work and they're in environments that are far away from their uh, friends and family. And their risk of depression actually increased or, or the, the incidence of depression increased by 126%. Um, in the widowers, depressive symptoms increased 34% over their pre-widowhood scores. Um, so you can see there was almost a quadrupling um, of depression in, in the interns um, who actually moved away and were having long hours and lack of sleep and all of this and, and, and a bigger impact than losing a loved one, which is really, really significant and probably why there is such burnout, such high levels of burnout in medical students. Um, however, Back to the study in question. Um, so what they then did was they factored together the depressive symptom findings with each person's um, genetic risk scores for depression and their individual responses to questions about their connections with friends, family and other social supporters. Now, this is really important. Because what they found, and the first bit wasn't surprising, was that the interns who had the highest genetic risk scores um, and also lost social support had the highest scores of measure of depression symptoms um, later in, this, in that stressful year, which is obviously not surprising. But they then found that those with the same high level of genetic risk but who actually gained social support, whether they joined social clubs or whatever, but they, they actually got better social support, actually had lower depressive symptoms. In fact, it was lower even than their peers who had a low genetic, gen genetic risk, no matter what happened to their social support. So, so let's be really clear on this. Um, so the people who had the high level of genetic risk but gained social report had less lo um, lower depressive symptoms than people who had a low genetic risk and who lost social support, but also than people who had a low genetic risk and actually gained social support. So the researchers call this a crossover effect. And they noticed exactly the same crossover effect in the widowed individuals um, because some of them obviously lost that social support with the, the loss of a spouse and maybe um, drifted apart from their family. But some of them actually increased their social support with friends and family reaching out to help. To help. And, and they saw that crossover effect in that the widows with the high genetic risk for depression who gained social support had a much smaller increase in, um, in depressive symptoms than their peers with similar genetic risk who lost social support after losing a spouse or even those with a low genetic risk who gained social support. So, so this study, I think, is, is, is pretty telling. Um, so obviously, there's stuff that isn't surprising in that if you go through a stressful event, um, whatever that may be, it can increase your risk of depression. Uh, but it appears that people who are a high genetic risk for depression, um, social support, social connection is even more important for those people than normal individuals or, or people who are at low genetic risk for depression. And so the takeouts for the, for me are, are really important and stuff that I often talk about in my, in my corporate work is that 
if you've got your own shit sorted um, from a mental health perspective, I think it's really important to look out into your little corner of the universe and, and you know, see who could use one of those are you OK conversations. Uh, I think that's really, really important. But but also, if you are at risk for depression, um, if you, there has been depression in your family, um, is, is really understanding that social support is even more important for you and, and that particularly when you're going through stressful times, um, uh, you need to be able to reach out. And, and, and I think something that's quite comforting um, um, for people who are struggling, often they feel like they can be a bit of a burden. And, and I often talk about um, a, a study that showed that, that when um, you, you have genuine conversations, are you okay conversations with people, um, oxytocin and vasopressin are released in both people's brains. It doesn't matter who's helping and who's struggling. Both people get significant increase in those really important neurotransmitters. Now, oxytocin and vasopressin are hormones to do with love, trust and social bonding, but they are both very, very potent anti-stress chemicals. And, and that's how these supportive relationships actually work because they release powerful anti-stress chemicals and it's in both people's brains. And, and that's why I like to refer to um, the Hanoi Hilton prison camp. Uh, and, and I had the pleasure, if anybody hasn't heard it, um, is look back on, on my interview with Lee Ellis, who spent five and a half years in the Hanoi Hilton prison camp in the Vietnam War. War, which was pretty much hell on earth. And, and he talked about the importance of the tap code, which was they devised a system by which they could tap on the walls and communicate with each other when they were in solitary confinement. And he said that it was, that was the thing that helped these guys get through that hell on earth. So I love that analogy of the tap code and about getting on the wall and tapping in it. And it doesn't matter who's helping, both people on other sides of the wall actually benefit from these conversations because of the increase in those neurotransmitters. So that's it for me for this week, the importance of social support, and maybe just take a little bit of time and reach out to someone. See you next time. If you enjoyed today's episode and you think somebody else might benefit from it, uh, just share the episode with them. The other thing you can do to support the podcast is leave us a review because they really help. Catch you next time.